Welcome to Metro 30, the Metro Monthly's weekly conversation with the community. Hello, welcome to Metro 30. I'm your host, Mark Paco. Today we have Jim and Tony Amy in the studio. The Amys are the creators and caretakers of the Idora Park experience. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Now, how did your love of Idora evolve into this one-of-a-kind collection? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. It's, it's not an easy story to tell or a short story to tell. And that's part of why we've written this book is because it is sort of a convoluted way of getting there. But the best nugget to say is that, you know, Jim left here when he was 18 years old. I'm not from the area. He left here when he was 18 years old, um, but very much kept his heart in the Youngstown area. And of course his memories of growing up and spending time at Idora Park and working there as a teenager um, stayed with him through the years. And it was something that when he retired from the military and we came back into the area and he realized it was gone, it hit him and he just started holding on to pieces. You know, we'd pick something up at a thrift store or a flea market or a yard sale or something. Little by little, we ended up with a collection. We never set out to have it, but that's what we ended up with. And um, you can call it evolving or devolving, however, <laughs> however you want to look at it. But it became sort of a a crazy ride for us. And once we were on it, we just took it where it would take us. See, I left the area in 1976 and I know Idora Park closed in 1984, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, I never really came back to the area until nine years after Idora Park closed. So, and I still had this image that it was still there. And I convinced her to walk through in 93 when I came back to the area. And uh, that's when it really hit me in the heart. It was like, wow, it's, it's not coming back. I mean, there were plenty of buildings and uh, part of the wildcat was still there. The jackrabbit was standing. I mean, there were buildings everywhere, but that's when it hit me. And it, it really hurt me that Idora Park is not coming back. And I wanted to collect things. I wanted to save whatever I could find. Actually, I wanted to steal things from Idora Park. <laughs> and she wouldn't let me because she's not from the area. And she didn't understand that. But I tried to explain to her. I'm from Youngstown. It's kind of, you know... <laughs> He tried to convince me it was okay because he was from Youngstown and it's okay in Youngstown. But that okay. attitude's changed, so I didn't, I didn't steal anything. <laughs> well, Jim, what's your connection to the park? Well, uh, I went there as a kid from time to time with my parents and uh, sometimes with friends of mine. And then in the summer before I graduated high school in 1976, I worked there at a game called the Football Throw. And then, uh, then I got moved over to uh, Ski Ball. And I, I worked the rest of the summer in the summer, uh, late August, I think it was like the August 31st, 1976, I left and I joined the military. And I just did not come back for 17 years. Okay. Now, Tony, you're not from the area. Uh, i not. I, okay, you're, are, is, it, is it correct to say you're from California? That is correct. Okay. And uh, when did Jim first bring up Idora Park? So we actually met in England. We, we both worked in England. He was in the military. I worked for the government there. And when we started seeing each other, it was the get to know you conversations. And it was early on. I mean, honestly, it was, I'm from Youngstown and we had this amazing place called Idora Park. And, you know, like, like any other times recording, you tell childhood stories and things, his best and favorite memories were about Idora Park. And he, you know, teenage years are so influential. That's, that was the measure for him. So for about two years before I came to the Youngstown area, I heard tales of Youngstown and especially Idora Park. And, and they were the best memories for him. You know, when, when he wanted to 
tell a happy story or a funny story. It was coming from my Dora Park. Okay, what was the first object you acquired and when did you know you had a collection? Well, uh, we walked through in late 93 when I first come back to the area, she and I did. And uh, we went to the ballroom and there were wooden chairs. There were all kinds of okay, things. You can't tell the whole story. No, I can't tell the no. whole story. Got to buy a book. Okay. So we, um, we went to the ballroom and from there we, we walked on the, uh, the midway and the football throw game, or at least the building that used to hold the football throw game was still there right next to the arcade. And there was a, a little light fixture that was porcelain that was hanging by one screw, barely by one screw. And uh, I said, look, that's my game. That was the football throw back then in 76. And I don't care what you say. I am taking that. So I took and it. He says it that way because at that point in time, he had already tried to take several items and I yeah. nixed everything he was trying to do and wouldn't let him do it. And by that time, I was OK with just getting the porcelain fixture and getting the heck out of the park and going home. Okay. Well, I want to uh, talk about what I think is like the newsy item right now. You mentioned a book twice, and I know you have the one Idora book, but what's, I know you have a new one coming out. What's this about? <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we've finally settled on a title this morning. We've kind of kicked around a bunch of different titles, but essentially the, the title of the book is Nucked, Misadventures with the Idora Park Ninjas. And this is a compilation of stories that are our adventures. We, we have had a crazy ride yeah. doing this thing called the Idora Park Experience. And we do a lot of guest speaking and we tell the stories about acquiring artifacts, trying to get the museum built, trying to open our doors and just even the walk through the park the very first time for me. And, and you know, the, the same questions you asked. So we've pulled those stories together um, into 12 chapters. And in each story, we have... Um, somewhat of a fictionalized Jim's version of the story involving our knucklehead ninja. And then we have Spike's side of the story, which is the truth, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I straighten out what he may have gone wayward on. Um, and then we have little lessons learned because what's happened on this ride is we've met some amazing people. We've experienced some amazing things and we've learned a lot of lessons about ourselves, about life, about business, about, about this area, about mm -hmm. people. And we've incorporated those in to be somewhat of a motivational. We hope people will read it and laugh and enjoy it. Remember Idor Park. If they've never been to Idor Park, they'll learn something about Idor Park. Um, and then most importantly, that they walk away inspired and motivated to go pursue their own dreams and passions. Some of these stories I've written years ago and put versions of them on Facebook and people have said, oh, my God, this is so funny. And they were saying, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I started to believe them. Yeah. So and, and we found that after we, we released um, Lost Idora Park, the number one question we got when people were coming to us and buying the book directly from us the number one question we got is, but when are you going to write your story? When are you going to write your book? We want to hear the other stories because we've done a lot of guest speaking. We've got a, a, almost 20,000 people follow us on Facebook at this point in time. And, and people enjoy hearing those stories. Exactly like you asked, how did you get started? How did you acquire that? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Uh, how do you do this? Why do you do this? Well, we try right. questions in this book. Are you crazy? Um, I think so, but yeah. in a good way. Uh -huh. You know, I think we are blessed to have reached a point in our life where we could just do what our heart caused us to do without the fear of consequence. Crazy, but not psychotic. And, and most people uh -huh. never get to that point, but it sent us down a path of doing some crazy things. And, and we look at everything and say, well, 
if it goes belly up, it'll make a great story. And we um, run into some crazy people too along the way. Well, I was wondering, does the book include uh, personal recollections from other people and your interactions with them? It's, it's mostly yeah. our story and acquiring, although there are a few kind of, let's say, cameo appearances that happen through the and, book. And some backstories, too. And some backstories that, that happen that yeah. have come from. How people acquired some of the artifacts they have and, and then the, how we tried to or how we got them from okay. them. Or things well, we've learned about Idora Park by engaging with some of these people. Okay, well, I want to go back a little bit. When did you host the first Idora Park experience and what was it like? Well, that was uh, the 30th anniversary of the fire, which was, uh, the fire was April 26, 1984. And we had our first opening April 26, 2014. And uh, it was great. We had, there were a lot of people. People would ask us, and, and some of this is actually in the book. We talk about this experience. People would ask us, well, how many people do you think will be here for the opening? And we didn't have a clue. And all we would say is we just don't want to be embarrassed. You know, it'd be nice if, you know, maybe a hundred people showed up and we had over a thousand people across two days and mm -hmm. it was, it was laughter and crying and people running into each other that hadn't seen each other in 60 years, Mark. Yeah. I mean, and, and we just sat there dumbfounded and, you know, we were doing something that we enjoyed and sharing it because people had actually given us feedback saying, wouldn't it be great if everybody could see your collection and they would come over and they'd look and we'd have people call us and say, can I bring a friend over to see your stuff? And that's really kind of what started the whole idea of how do we share this so that more people can have it. But we had no clue until that weekend, really what, what it meant to everybody else. I mean, I thought Jim was an anomaly. I thought he was nuts. Uh, what I found out is, <laughs> I, I could say all of Youngstown is, but the reality is we've actually had people from foreign who currently oh, yeah. live in foreign countries plan their vacations to come back to Youngstown when they knew we were going to be open. Yeah, our last opening, there was a guy here from Peru. He said he came specifically for this. Okay. We, we've had organizations plan family reunions and class reunions around when they can schedule being able to come into the Idora Park experience also. Okay. And so. since, the, since the first opening, it's we've probably tripled maybe even larger, the collection. It's, it's gotten so huge. Okay. We had to add on concrete padding out back so we could put more things outside because it's, there's no room on the inside of the building. And it's 4,400 square foot building, but there's just not enough room. For someone who's never been to uh, the event, what can people expect and how is the display organized? So the display is organized. Um, wherever we can find to put stuff for the most part. Yeah. We do have some themes. We, we built a mock arcade. So everything associated with the arcade, including working games from Idora Park are in the arcade. We have a specific area where we try and keep some of the kiddie land things. But if you've never been here before, it's, it's really a day out walking through, seeing parts of rides, memorabilia, talking to people who experienced Idora Park, sharing memories. What we find is that people group together and tell stories and, and they run into people they know and they start conversations with people they don't know. But it's really a, a very almost cathartic situation where people can relive the memories. They tell the stories. You know, people come up and tell us all the time how they wouldn't even be here if it weren't for Idora Park because their parents or grandparents met mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And they, they seek that out. You, you rarely see the lone soldier walking through looking at stuff. It's almost always a social event where they seek it out and they want to talk to people and they want to share their stories and they want to remember. And, and we let them climb in things. We actually encourage it. We named yeah. it the experience specifically so that people would 
climb in things and take photos and talk to other people and play the games and stand in front of the goofy funhouse mirrors and just really enjoy it. Yeah. And they, a lot of times people will talk about a memory and somebody nearby will say, Oh my God, I remember that now. And they'd totally forgotten about a certain thing that occurred or a certain ride or whatever. And it's really, it's really, you know, Mark, we even had, we even made the obituaries three times. People coming out here, and it was like their last wish was to come out here the, before the they The most passed. recent one, she was only 46 years old. Yeah, we also have people who have never been to Idor Park. Um, and you could say, I identify with them. Um, they've never been there, but they've heard stories. Or in some cases, they just come out because they've heard about us. And they want to know about us and what we're doing here. Um, but it gives them a chance to see, touch, experience what Idora Park was and to hear the stories and kind of get a grasp. And especially the younger people who hear about it from their parents and grandparents, but were never there. And um, we've actually had people say they didn't even know there was a park in Youngstown like this. Yeah. They didn't know it existed. Boy. Well, what are some of the most important or interesting things in your collection that people might see? Oh boy. Let's see. They love the rocket. Yeah. The rocket ship. They love the rocket ship. We've got, we got four wildcat cars. We've got a, jackrabbit car yeah they, they actually love the experience of being able to climb in things yeah. and take photos so so you know it's i'm getting ready to turn 60 so i can appreciate this statement but it's not uncommon to see women in their 60s and 70s saying hold my purse i'm climbing it <laughs> yeah you know and, and it's it's just great to see it they love doing it they get to read you know they throw their hands in the air as if they're on the ride again Tilt a whirl. um yeah. we we put the arcade games in and said, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could make some of these work? And we have a wonderful electrician friend who made them work. And the place in the arcade is packed with people playing yeah. the games, trying to win the prizes on games that they've been long gone. Yeah. You know, if it, if it were an arcade on a corner, it's questionable whether anybody would ever walk in, but because it's our door parks and they remember doing it, or, you know, some of these games are older than some of the people that come in here and yeah. were there long before any of us alive were there and they are amazed. We've by got it. They go games that are 90 them. years old from Idora Park. So it's a little bit. And we have a video that we play and we have Idora chairs and people come sit on the chairs and watch the video. And that's a nice little kind of break for them. Um, but I don't, everybody's got their own story. You know, you, if you're talking to the person standing in front of the mirrors, the fun house was their favorite thing. If you're talking to the person in the arcade, the games are their favorite thing. Everybody's different. And luckily we've got enough that it kind of yeah. hits everybody. Well, some of the Idora Park items are pretty old. Uh, what's involved in the restoration process? Oh, my God. Well, actually, I get a lot of help from Mahoney County Career Technical Center. Yeah. They have done five or six now uh, different projects with me, and it'll be a joint restoration. Uh, we had, uh, let's see, one of the things was uh, one of the um, Mercedes-Benz cars from Kitty Land. It looks beautiful now. It was a mess. Uh, right now, they're working on a Cushman that was one of the vehicles that was used just for the workers out there at Idora Park. That's being restored right now over at MCCTC. The Hooterville car. The Hooterville, the Hooterville Highway car was a wreck. The thing was rotted. It had been left outside for 30 years, was rusting and falling apart. The roof was gone. It's all replaced now. It, the car is beautiful. That and might be the only thing I actually worked on. So I don't runs. do any of the I don't do any of the restoration work yeah. on this stuff. That's his baby. She made the roof, and I actually <laughs> made the roof for the Hooterville car. So and it runs great. We we used it in a parade for Canfield, and it no problems at all. It's got a, a key start now. Just, you don't have to pull a cord anymore. And what uh, was what was the reaction to that in the parade? 
Oh, oh people my God, flipped out. Nuts. They were nuts. Oh, it, that's that was the same year that we had the massive uh, influx of people that we had the twenty five hundred something people here. Well, how did you yeah. lay down the track for the Hooterville Highway? No, it doesn't. Con- it's got. Real I'm, just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we converted it. In fact, it was so difficult to turn it, and there was a kid who was just a junior at MCCTC. He figured it out and he came up with a steering system yeah, that worked perfectly. He created the mechanism. So yeah. it's, it's been great working with them. But, you know, the, the short answer is Jim sees something, sees what it can be and goes and fixes it. And other things we don't restore because we don't want to lose the integrity of what it was or, the, or just even to see how it is. Um, and we leave the patina on a lot of things. So we may very well do some ceiling work or some electronic work, but we try and leave it as much as possible to the original. So we make those decisions as we go. Yeah. Well, how far have you traveled to acquire an artifact? And what, what's involved in that? Well, we've been to Miami. And yeah, then we had so to turn around so. and go to Alabama like a week later because there was we found something yeah. else in Alabama, which w- would have been nice if we'd have known it was available when we were in Miami. But yeah. um we went to Wisconsin, Wisconsin to get something, but that was that. That story is actually in the book. It was a it was a bust. We call it the bumper car bust in the book. Went to Illinois, yeah, Delaware, New Jersey, um, Maryland. I don't know where. Yeah. We were in Virginia. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. well, so I, I would think the farthest is probably Miami. A lot of places. Di- okay. dis- mileage wise, probably, probably Miami, Miami was the farthest. Okay, now Jim, I've heard you mention like the Holy Grails. Uh, what are the what are those for you? And is that list always changing? Yes, yes, it's always changing because when I when we acquire uh, a holy grail, there's always another one. So um, the first one was a wildcat car, and we were able to get that. And then there was a jackrabbit car. We got that. Then a tilt a whirl. So there's always something in uh, a sign. Yeah, there'll be a sign. So for a while, it was the big sign that was on Canfield Road, the big marquee sign that, you know, we use in our logo and so many people see. Um, and we acquired part of part that. Part of it. Not, not the whole thing, but part of it. The rest of it is, we don't know what's yeah. happened to it. I, I, in many ways, that would be a holy grail. If it showed up, we would we would want to have that. Um, so it the, kind the of evolved. The car was a holy grail. Um, the, the paper eater, Porky the paper eater was oh, yeah. a holy grail. It was a bust, but then it was a, Yeah. We, so we have a we have a tendency to to grab victory out of the jaws of defeat sometimes, and you know we think something's gone and we're able to make it work and make something happen that. So we, we have a, we have a paper eater now and it works, and we oh. have the voice from my door park. So Porky Pig sounds just like he did at our door park and looks the yeah. same way. So well, there always is because if you don't have something to strive for, what's the point? Um, so there always is a holy grail, but we've been pretty lucky and gotten most of them. There are a couple that we've been trying for years, though, and we have not been successful yet. Yeah. And okay. turtle. We have a turtle. Yeah. Now, are there things above and beyond, you know, the things that you don't know about, but are, are, are there actual items out there that you haven't been able to acquire for various reasons? Yes. Yeah. Every once in a while, there's a, a holy grail that... <laughs> we try really hard to get, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. No, he's not allowed to talk about it. And there'll be no clues of holding things in the screen to send a message. Um, there are actually, I can think of right offhand, three things that we know exactly where they are. We've spoken with or met or actually seen the items in person. And in one situation, it will never, ever come back to Youngstown. And I don't say never very often. And that story is in the book. 
in another situation. We don't think it will, but we keep our fingers crossed, but it's probably a, a done deal where it won't come back. Um, and in the third one, I think that there is a good chance that at some point in time, we could end up with a deal that, that yeah. brings a certain item We're trying home. really hard. Um, the, the people that have it are, are very, very gracious, very, very involved, but also emotionally attached. And, that, and we find that with everything. You know, wow. like I said, there's more than one gym out there. They're, they are emotionally attached. It means something to them, to their family. And to let it go is kind of letting go of part of their family. And yeah. um, when they're ready, they, they do. And we don't really want people giving up something they are not emotionally prepared to give up. And, but and when they do, we hope giving, that they'll consider us. And we're giving these things a good home. They're, in, they're indoors. They're taken care of. And they're with family. So these things are going to be with other parts of Idora Park as long as we're around. Have you ever visited Jane's Carousel in Brooklyn? Oh yeah, quite a, quite a few times. Did you ever meet Jane and her husband? Uh, when, no, no. No, you didn't, no. okay. No, yeah. but, uh, well you tell the story about yes, what I, happened so, with the videos. So we are actually working with them. Um, an employee of the Walentas is working on doing a documentary about the Carousel, which is coming up on its 100th birthday. And um, they approached us about being able to interview people from Youngstown and come and see the Idora Park experience and include some of our information in the documentary that they're doing for Jane's Carousel. So they were here in November and spent a day interviewing. They actually reached out to people and scheduled all the interviews. We gave them the, the space to do it. They were able to use the museum to do the interviews. And they conducted a day's worth of interviews that are going to be involved in this um, Tribute. documentary tribute that they're doing and um they have <clears throat> articulated that they'd like to be here when we open in the summer um i think everything you know it, it's like any other project how it comes to fruition when it comes to fruition and what it looks like is probably evolving in their minds but we spent the day with them we enjoyed it and we're happy to be involved in the project and we hope it comes to life and that they do come out and interview more people from Youngstown about Jane's carousel. It's an amazing thing that she did. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. And it, I remember the auction. I remember, you know, the whole chain of events and uh, Youngstown, even though it's not in Youngstown, Youngstown was very lucky that one person acquired the entire carousel because it would have been sold off yes. by pieces. Yeah. So, even yeah. though some people may be disappointed that it's somewhere else, it's being represented and people still take ownership yeah. of it, even though it's in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, when we do our talks and such, and people talk about it, we say the exact same thing. She did an amazing thing. It is beautiful. And for $2, you can go ride the Idora Park carousel and, and live that experience. And it's in a beautiful location and a beautiful park. We go there and, it, you know, I'm touched by it because I see the families enjoying it. The kids' birthday parties are happening there and people all around it. And to me, that is the only way I get to experience Idora Park still alive. So, so it's an amazing thing for me to go and be able to see people enjoying it, to hear that music, see the horses and see it alive, mm -hmm. so to speak. And, and I think that's to be respected. No, I have a question. I have. A, I've wondered. Uh, what are your, what are your plans for the collection? Like the long-term plans for the collection, and uh, what do you hope to achieve? What do you hope to have? Uh, what, what's the future of the collection? So ultimately, if we had to put it into one sentence, it's to 
take it live. You know, we would love to have it open to the public year round, something that anybody can go anytime and go see and do what they want to do with Idora Park and to have it sort of a historic icon in the town that lives long after we do. What that looks like is still in question. Yeah. Um, we, we've explored a couple of different avenues. Um, our children do not live local and don't have any interest in it. And, um, you know, financially, it's not something that we can go do at this point in our lives that we can do, although we talk about it almost every day, you yeah. know, it's like hitting the lottery. Every time we talk about hitting the lottery, we talk about what this would look and, like. And I play the lottery all yeah. the time. Yeah, we talk we about what it would look like if, if our means were unlimited. And trust yeah. me, it'd be amazing. Um, we've, we've talked a little bit and talked with uh, the Historical Society about having something there. We're not sure that they are equipped to be able to do it or that that's on a timeline that works. But for right now, we're still growing it. We're still actively involved and we don't see ourselves letting go of it. But we also talk all the time about what's the next step. And, I, you know, I, I, I tell Jim, I tell other people, we um, we evolve in our thinking every day, whether it's getting a new acquisition or it's how we're going to set up the museum or even writing this book. We are constantly evolving and changing and morphing. And we will continue to do that with this with this experience that we have, I, you know, ideally it would be wonderful if we get the property again, if we could yeah. get the property and then just turn this into a nonprofit and start soliciting funds from folks with deep pockets and, and put a, a museum building up where make it a landmark. Can, yeah, exactly. Know. And landmarks, uh, memorials for certain rides like the wildcat jackrabbit lost river and, and you know, a picnic area. It would really help that area quite a bit, but uh, we made we the attempt to buy happening. the property and it, we were, we were turned down. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, the Idora Park experience, uh, what can you tell us about if someone wants more information on the dates for this year? Where can they find the information? Well, on our Facebook page and on uh, our, our web page. Yeah, we have a web page. It's the idoraparkexperience.com. And we keep everything up there about when our next opening is, a little bit of the background about, about Idora Park and about the experience. Um, and a plug, we have a store there too. So, you know, things that we sell, merchandise are there. Facebook is the best way to get up to the minute information if you're on Facebook. But if you're not, our webpage is the next best mm. way to go about getting it. And on Facebook, it's the Idora Park experience. Yeah. And as of right now, we have our date set for this summer. It's the last weekend in June, the, the 26th and 27th of June. And then uh, four days, the first weekend in July, the first, second, third, and fourth in July. So we're we're kind of bucking the system and doing something we've never done before and opening up two weekends back to back around a yeah. holiday. And, and we're actually doing that because people that come out here have asked us, you know, gee, could we do it this way, do it that way? They take their holidays, they come back and visit their family around that time. So we're we're going to see if we can stay open a little bit longer and give more people an opportunity to get here. And when will the second book, uh, the Ninja book, be available? Our target is May 1st. Um, we are publishing it ourselves through Amazon Publishing. So, of course, they make everything, it easy. Every, the, everything is subject to change because it's using our skill set to be able to do it. But we be, do Which believe we're developing be, <laughs> as we go. Yeah, we might be developing that as we go. Um, so our target is, is May 1st. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate it. And I think our audience will be very interested to hear what you're doing, what you plan on doing, and everything in between. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate thanks it. Thanks for it's having been us, a joy. Mark. Good sure. seeing you. Thanks. 
Metro 30 is produced in collaboration with the Youngstown Radio Reading Service. Visit metromonthly.net for news, features, and the Valley's most complete calendar of events. And be sure to subscribe to the Metro 30 podcast.